Hi, I'm Jamie Winkup. Hi, I'm Dick Johnson. Hi, I'm Garth Tander. You're listening to the V8 Insiders. It's your weekly dose of V8 news on the V8 Insiders. Now here's your host, Craig Revell. It's Christmas, and a new TV deal has been struck by V8 supercars. It's great news for the fans, for sure. You know, they, they, they will see hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of more hours than they've ever seen before. James Moffat goes to race overseas for Nissan. And we find out more about Tim Slade in the second part of our special interview. That's all coming up today as the red lights go out on this Christmas edition of the V8 Insider. Take in the V8 to the races. You watch the action on TV. Now, read about them in V8X Magazine. V8X Magazine, dedicated to just one thing, V8 supercars. Showcasing some of today's best writers and award-winning photographers, V8X brings you all the news and in-depth interviews demanded by today's V8 supercar fans in one action-packed magazine. V8X, the number one magazine in V8 supercar coverage. Out now. Hi, this is Will Davison from the Pepsi Max crew for Performance Racing, and you are listening to the V8 Insiders. James Moffat's international driving career with Nissan has been confirmed. He's set to take on the Dubai 24 Hours race. This highlights the integration of the Australian motorsport Nissan team into the world Nissan motorsport program, as highlighted by Darren Cox of Nissan Motorsport when he visited Australia at Bathurst. We would love to get uh, one of the guys, if not more, into the Spa 24 Hours uh, because the regular cars, much like here, we have three drivers in the regular series, uh, the Blancpain series, and we have four at Spa, so we would, we're looking for global uh, improvements. We're also looking at doing Nürburgring 24 hours as well, uh, so there's opportunities for seats there. In fact, Le Mans 24 hours one week and Nürburgring 24 hours the week after, so book your holidays uh, or trips to Europe uh, around that time. But yeah, we'd love to get the guys involved. Um, but uh, Le Mans, it takes a little bit of a lead-up time in terms of getting testing in the aero cars, but these guys, if they jump in a GT3 car, they'll be right on the money straight away. Scott Pye talked about his tough season in 2013 and explained that moving over to Dick Johnson will be an interesting change for him. For me, the environment was just so bad at that point in time, I was, I was almost ready to walk away. It wasn't, you know, I, I race cars because I love it. You know, it's something I've done since I was a child, did with my dad, and, and uh, I want to continue to have the enjoyment for the sport. And uh, in the middle part of this year, it wasn't that, that fun, I can tell you. But certainly now, I've got to bounce in my step again. Obviously, I've signed a new deal, and... You know, we had, with those good results, the team, you know, they got behind me again and, uh, and I started to have a bit more faith in the car, which is, is nice. But, you know, it's all about confidence in this game and, uh, and I'm certainly feeling a lot more confident this end of the year, which is, uh, is good timing. You know, I'm ready to get straight back on the bike, get into my training and, uh, and you know, I want to come out of Clipsal firing on all cylinders. Walkinshaw Performance is undergoing a number of major changes ahead of 2014 with engineering staff turnover. The changes see Doug Skinner, the chief designer, race engineer Matt Crawford and operations manager Adam Law all moving on with Scott Sinclair having resigned for the team to pursue other opportunities ahead of the announcements. Steve Hallam's future in V8 supercars and motor racing in Australia is still yet to be confirmed. Dean Fiore has confirmed he will not be racing as a full-time driver next year in the championship, although he is looking to try and pick up a co-driver role for the Pertec Endurance Cup. 
Meanwhile, Brad Jones Racing, Brad Jones has spoken to the V8 Insiders about his hopes of making sure his team stays at the front of the field as development in the new generation cars continue and the richer teams having more ability to put money into that research. Um, you know, I just think we probably need a little bit more consistency. Um, we work pretty hard to get to where we are and, um, you know, we're certainly, compared to the people we're racing against, on much much smaller budget but um, you know we've got a great group of blokes that put their heart and soul into the place and we've got fantastic drivers and we, we have a, a you know a, a really good culture at our team so I think all those things keep us in there and they're the things that that hopefully will help us you know get to the next step. Brad Jones will be a special guest on the show in the weeks to come. I hope you'll join us for that one. Also to let you know, some big specials coming up over the next couple of weeks. Next week on V8 Insiders, we'll have some of my favourite interviews from throughout the year. And then kicking off the new year, we have the Australian Women's in Australian Motorsport, the WAMs, coming in to do two special shows. One to talk about women's role in motorsport and the other... When will we see a woman back in the main game of V8 supercars? I hope you'll join me for both those specials coming up over the next three weeks. Cole Hitchcock, the General Manager of Communications for V8 Supercars, joins us on the line with the big news last week that a new TV deal has been struck for V8 supercars and the 10-speed mix is certainly going to provide a lot of different avenues on race weekends for V8 supercars. Yeah, absolutely, Craig. It's going to it's going to exactly that provide a lot of different ways of different that you know that people can consume their the V8 supercars. You know, we've never had pra- uh, qualifying practice. Uh, every single session is live in one way, shape, or form from uh, 2015 on. Um, so you know, it's great news for the fans for sure. You know, there's, they're, they're, they will see hundreds of hundreds and hundreds of more hours than they've ever seen before. The decision to release the news uh, last week, Cole, was that uh, just because the deal was signed then, or was it because we, you know, we want to give the teams as much possible time to be able to secure sponsorship and and let their partners know what's coming up? Oh no, it was simply because the deal was done. As simple as that. Um, you know, we we wanted to uh, announce it, get it done, get it out there. That that's what's going to happen from 2015 beyond. And you know, we'll look at the schedules and we'll look at the planning and we'll look at the 2015 calendar, sort of midway through next year, as we always do. Um, so you know, there was no point sitting on it. Um, you know, it is what it is. So um, we decided to announce it, put it out there, make everyone know and be aware of uh, of um, you know what's happening for 15 to 20, which is the next six years uh, of V8 supercars. Now, will the V8 supercar TV continue on? Uh, absolutely, yes. Uh, it'll it'll actually step up because part of this arrangement is to have a lot more, um, a lot more shows on on Fox and Fox Sports and even Ten. Uh, a lot more, a uh, lot more things that people can consume. We'll have, but we'll be on TV uh, and in print every single day next year, forty weeks of the year. Uh, you will be able to hear, see, read, or watch something about V8 supercars, and that's a big thing for, you know, for the sport, for the team, for the drivers, for uh, for all concerned, and that, that that's um, certainly a big part of it. So uh, V8 supercar television is uh, really going to have to step up, um, produce a lot more boutique shows, a lot more uh, panel shows, things like that, that will keep us front and centre for uh, for that entire period. So you're envisaging a lot more in-house productions being done for midweek and uh, non-race day 
events. Absolutely, yeah, no question about that. And that'll be a collaboration between V8, V8 Supercar Media, as we call it these days, um, Fox Sports, Foxtel and 10, um, to work out uh, you know, exactly how that's going to roll out. It, 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 what it means is, it, is, is a truckload more V8 supercars for the fans and for the teams and for the drivers and for us. Um, you know, it, there's no negatives in this. We spoke on our show during the year about social media and one thing that you were keen to point out to me was the digital rights that you had re-secured back at V8 Supercars. Now, last week I noticed that the digital rights now have been signed over as part of this package. What does that entail? Well, we, we still uh, retain the rights to our website, uh, Facebook and Twitter accounts, which is, which is quite standard. Um, a lot of the video... Sorry, the digital rights are, are in regards to um, video, uh, live streaming, replays, um, you know, uh, panel shows that we've just spoken about, those sorts of things. So, um, um, you know, a lot of that, a lot of that digital content is actually video content and similar to. Um, so, you know, that's that's going to make up the majority of them. If you go and look on the Fox Sports website, you will notice there's a there's a plethora of uh, NRL shows, AFL shows. Uh, all sorts of things that uh, that appear on there, um, particularly and, and right throughout the Fox uh, network on um, on um, pay television. So that, that that's that's the content you're talking about. You know, we're not actually talking about social media or our website. And do the teams have any rights to being able to produce video, um, particularly on race weekends, from their garage and and put things up through their own web channels, or does that exclude them from doing any of that? No, well, they, they have that right at the moment, and that right will continue. They, they can produce their own video content for their own team websites. So that, that will not change. What do you look at the uh, biggest opportunity from this deal? Is it the fact that you can have full weekend coverage on Fox? Do you look at what 10 can provide, knowing that in the landscape of their broadcasting, you will be the biggest, the biggest uh, Australian sport that they have available to uh, put on their airwaves. Which one do you think carries the more weight? Um, well, I'll correct you there. We're not the biggest sport at the moment. We like to be, um, AFL and NRL. Um, Fox Sports obviously bought the rights to those two products um, along with the uh, with the 9 and 10 networks um, 18 months ago. Um, but, you know, we will be sitting alongside those guys and that's the big thing about, about this deal. You know, we are, we are coming into line with the, the two largest sports in this country. Um, you know, and then I'll throw cricket into that as well. So, you know, for us, it's um, you know, it, it's a major, major, um, you know, major coup, and it's uh, you know, it, it, it's it's there's only upside to this. You know, we're future future proofing the sport. We're giving um, long term viability to the teams, particularly because without the teams, without the cars, without the drivers, you don't have a sport. And I think that's been lost on a few people. Is that you know, we need to bulletproof the sport for the future and make sure that. It's sustainable, and this deal will do exactly that. I guess talking about the teams, a lot of talk uh, over the last couple of weeks in Sydney about licences. Has V8 Supercars taken back any licences at this stage? Uh, not at this stage. Um, the, the, the teams still have until January 1. They had till December 1 to register or to not register. Um, and uh, there's a couple of teams, well, there's two, probably two licences um, that have registered, um, but they still have... Till January run to do to decide if they want to uh, inter- want to race or not. Um, we'll see what happens in the next couple of weeks. You've put out a figure now of your average crowd per day of event, which 
has uh, really, I guess, surprised a lot of people about how many people are turning up at a race day, which is Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday at some events, compared to the uh, the ball sports. Yeah, well, I've got to be honest to you. I mean, I've always thought about doing the maths until I saw the maths. I, I didn't think of it myself. I mean, you know, we, we, we get very, very large attendances. Um, you know, we don't have, you know, hundreds of games like the AFL does, but the only way to cam- compare apples with apples is on a per day or a per game basis, I guess, for the AFL um, or the NRL. Um, and so on average, uh, you know, we, we punch way above our weight. And, you know, all of our, all of our numbers um, across the year are absolutely, um, absolutely legit. And, uh, you know, that, I think the, the point is, it's, you know, being a national sport, we, we go to some places only once a year. Um, and I think that that actually helps us. Um, we only race 14, 15, 16 times a year. Um, 36 races, as you well know. Uh, 44 days, I think. Whereas, you know, compared to the AFL and NRL, their aggregate crowds are way, way larger, obviously, uh, because they have way, way more games. Um, but on average, if you compare apples to apples, yeah, we we uh, we're right up there, and we should be proud of that. I think, you know, there's a lot of people out there who who um, you know choose to to knock V8 to the cars and, you know, um, but we should be very, very proud as Australians that we've got, you know, arguably the, the maybe the, the third largest sport, motorsport category in this in the world. And it was interesting because I think the average was 34,000 and a bit of change compared to the AFL at 33,000 per game. So it is amazing when you look at it at that level. Oh, absolutely. I mean, you, you know, we... we Supercars. They love motorsport. They love coming to watch us. Um, they love coming to to the events because you know we're talking events. They're not just you know turning up for a race. They actually come for event days and and everything else that surrounds that, including you know the, the family element, uh, the support categories, um, you know you name it. And I think our lowest weekend crowd is about 50,000. 50, um, and our highest, uh, as you well know, is uh, is you know around the hundred hundred and ten thousand mark for events like uh, Bathurst and Clipsal and and to uh, you know, and, and the Gold Coast to a lesser degree. So, you know, we, we, we're a very very popular sport, and you know, as I said, we as Australians should be proud of the fact that we have um, you know one of the strongest sports in the country and and in the world in terms of motorsport. Well, Cole, I hope you have a great Christmas and a very happy new year. Thanks for joining us here on the V8 Insiders. Thanks, Greg. The roundtable's up next here on the V8 Insiders. And don't forget, V8X Magazine is on the shelves now. Check out the new hope for Erebus Motorsport and also going inside behind the scenes at Nissan Motorsport as well. There's some great stories in there, and it's on sale now. News on the V8 Insiders is brought to you by the official V8X Magazine Facebook page. Sign up and keep in touch with V8 Supercars. Controversy Corner is next when we return with more on the V8 Insiders. You've taken the V8 to the races. You watch the action on TV. Now read about them in V8X Magazine. V8X Magazine, dedicated to just one thing, V8 Supercars. Showcasing some of today's best writers and award-winning photographers, V8X brings you all the news and in-depth interviews demanded by today's V8 Supercar fans in one action-packed magazine. V8X, the number one magazine in V8 Supercar coverage. Out now. Hi, I'm Craig Lance. You're listening to V8 Insiders. 
Welcome back to the V8 Insiders. Joining us this week, well, he's a man that uh, has got a huge couple of years ahead. William Dale from Speed TV Australia and, of course, speedtv.com.au. Uh, it's great to have you on the show. Great to be here, Craig. And from Holden Motorsport, Veracity Media, it's Lachlan Mansell. Great to have you back on the show, Lockie. Great to be back on the show, Craig, and hi to you as well, William. Guys, what a what an announcement last week where Speed TV, 10 Network, have secured the rights for six seasons of V8 Supercar Racing. Obviously, William, for yourself at Speed TV, that opens up a whole exciting new range of possibilities for your platform at speedtv.com. And then, of course, the channel itself is uh, going to become very heavily focused on what happens day-to-day in the lives of V8 supercars and their teams and drivers. Oh, fantastic, Craig. I mean, we've spent the last week or so chatting amongst ourselves, plotting and planning, and as, as you say, there are so many... The, the sports supports so many different stories, and we've, I, just, I guess we just... We can't wait for 2015. We're so, we're so excited by the potential that's there of what we can, what we can do. Lockie, it's going to mean for people like yourself who are working in getting stories out there, an insatiable demand almost for even more stories now. That's right. It gives us a lot of extra channels to pump stories out too, doesn't it? But I think what this is, Craig, is a big feather in the cap for V8 Supercars CEO James Warburton. You know, he's only been in the role for... um, well, less than a year, and uh, to already pull off a TV deal that was far from what was uh, achieved by the previous CEO, CEO is a big credit to James Warburton and his negotiating skills, and very, very good too. The deal's been locked away nice and early in the piece, and it's been announced in good time as well, and it gives all the teams pretty much all of next year now to go away to potential sponsors and offer them the kind of package and the kind of exposure that they're going to get, which is a stark contrast to the situation we saw at the beginning of this year when there was no TV deal in place and uh, there were a number of teams that were having quite well-publicised dramas in seeking sponsors. So overall for the sport, it's a very, very positive thing, no question about it. William, the other important thing is there was a lot of talk at the end of this year that people were handing licences back, that... They weren't going to go forward because they couldn't see the light at the end of the tunnel revenue-wise. This certainly would mean that someone who was there or thereabouts being able to afford to do another year, that would certainly be a, a big incentive to stay on because whilst they won't get the the 800000 almost a million dollars worth of revenue back from V8 Supercars shares, they will get a significant increase on what they've had to endure the last year and a half. Oh, absolutely. And you think of the additional exposure they're likely to get. And one of the things that we've discussed over the last few days, I mean, it's not just not just the main categories, but all the support categories, the flow-on effect of the additional coverage that they'll receive as well. Hopefully that will entice a lot, of, a lot more sponsors and a bit more money to flow into the sport as a whole. It's going to be interesting, Lockie, isn't it, for um, the 10 and Fox and Fox Sports and Foxtel marriage. We've seen it with Australian Rules Football where it works quite well for both the 7 Network and for the Foxtel subscribers where 
they're both showing exactly the same thing at exactly the same time, but now the viewers had a choice of which one they might want to watch. Yeah, the one bit of news that hasn't really been revealed in full detail yet, Craig, is exactly the breakdown of how much coverage is going to be shown on free-to-air television on Channel 10 compared to how much of it is going to be shown on Fox Sports. Own details have really been revealed yet, and I, I read an interesting article in one of the motorsport news sources today just sort of asking the question about how much content in terms of particularly support categories will be available to freeze web viewers and how much of it is going to be exclusive to Foxtel and, you know, necessary to get that pay TV subscription to be able to do it. But just coming back to the point that Will made as well about the fact that the support categories are going to get more exposure, I think that's a very valid point because what we've seen, particularly with categories like the Australian Formula Ford Championship and also to a lesser extent Porsche Carrera Cup is that there's been a move away from the V8 supercar support car towards the Shannon's Nationals because a lot of those categories felt that the exposure that they received on the Shannon's Nationals program was actually becoming superior to what they were receiving as a V8 supercar support category. So it was very important that uh, the package included you know, being able to offer coverage for the support categories as well as the main series. It's a mind shift, though, that a lot of people are going to uh, have to make because now you can go see all the races or potentially stay at home, William, and watch everything that you'd see at the track at, uh, at the uh, comfort of being onto the, uh, onto the Foxtel platform and Speed TV. Well, you could do both, Craig. I mean, there's wonderful technology like Foxtel's Go app, which allows you to watch everything that's on Foxtel remotely. Um, I'm sure I would suspect that part of the planning for 2015 will involve a greater integration of that sort of technology with whatever our plans for V8 supercars are. I don't, I don't know what they are. I mean, I'm, I'm a lowly journalist. I get locked in the basement, all that sort of things, well above, um, well above my pay grade. Uh, but I would, I would suspect... One thing that I can say for certain is that having worked with all these people for the last year or so and been in the same building with all the Fox Sports people, they know how to put on a show. They know how to tell a story. They know how to build up a sport and build the, build up the heroes and all the storylines of the sport in particular. So I can guarantee that anyone who elects to watch the V8 Supercar and support category coverage through our platforms they're in for quite a show. And importantly, you're part of the News Limited group, which means that now you'll have further reach into papers and uh, because there is, a, there is a mindset out there of what gets watched on TV, whether it be on free-to-air or pay TV, is what gets written about. And it's, it's quite conceivable, Lockie, that because Speed TV is going to be significantly showing V8 supercars, that will spill over to the other Foxtel stations, which will then spill over to people trending it on social media and then, of course, will increase the ability for riders in the motorsport field to be able to get column inches in newspapers. Yeah, and I think one point that we can't overlook here, of course, is that Fox Sports is part of the wider News Limited group, which also encompasses 
Daily Telegraph, Australia's largest newspaper, as well as um, you know the Gold Coast Bulletin, the Herald Sun here in Melbourne, the uh, the Courier Mail, the Adelaide Advertiser, um, you know those sorts of major news publications, and there'll be a lot of cross pollination and a lot of um, distribution to get the news out of the Fox Sports Network into those major publications which are read by the majority of Australians, and that can only be a good thing for the sport. Mm. And, of course, one of the things is get your Foxtel subscription because you'll now get all this extra motor racing coverage. And I guess that was the big thing for you guys at Speed is you had a fantastic offering overnight but and, and during the week, but when it came to weekends, you didn't have Australian content to really... Uh, soak into that time slot, which would have been holding you back somewhat. Well, I guess that's more of a more of a question for the guys who run the channel to ask to to um to answer, Craig. But I guess at the moment, from my from my perspective, and it's something I guess we've talked about as well. We've kind of been in a channel that has, as you say, a lot of fantastic content. I mean, we have NASCAR, IndyCar, World Superbikes, all this wonderful programming, but it's kind of like a major sports network that has all the rugby league except the NRL. And now now we've got our NRL. So hopefully, hopefully this means bigger and better things, and I'd be surprised if it wasn't. You're going to be a busy man, William. I know that for a fact. And uh, I, I'm just waiting for the call for V8 Insiders TV. I'm expecting that call any day now. Guys, we need to take a break and be back with more on the V8 Insiders. You've taken the V8 to the races. you watch the action on TV. Now, read about them in V8X Magazine. V8X Magazine, dedicated to just one thing, V8 Supercars. Showcasing some of today's best writers and award-winning photographers, V8X brings you all the news and in-depth interviews demanded by today's V8 Supercar fans in one action-packed magazine. V8X, the number one magazine in V8 Supercar coverage. Hi, I am Alexon Prema from the Fujitsu JRM team, and you are listening to the V8 Insider. Welcome back to the V8 Insiders. I probably should have said this up front, but Merry Christmas, and uh, uh, of course I wish you both a Happy New Year, Lachlan Mansell and William Dale. Thank you, Craig. And yeah, thank you, Craig, and Happy Christmas and Happy New Year to both of you guys as well. Looking forward to uh, some very well-earned rest and recovery time to recharge the batteries before doing it all again in 2014. Mm. How much better, William, is Jack Perkins' Christmas and and New Year than, say, Alex Davison's at the moment? Uh, You've got to hand it to Jack. He's worked so, so hard over the last four or five years to get back into the sport and finally crack it. And he's, he's done his time. He's done his time in the development series. He's done his time as an Enduro co-driver. He's proven his credentials. And in all, that, in all those races and the laps that he's done, Charlie Schwerkholz obviously seen something in Jack and thought, well... This is the right guy for me for 2014 and beyond. Alex Davison is a is a great guy. He's uh, he's a very thoughtful and considered person when you're speaking with him, but he doesn't have a flamboyant, outgoing personality, which something you uh, do experience when you're dealing with Jack. Jack's an emotional and uh, extroverted type character, isn't he, Lockie? Yeah, he is. Um, 
Um, but, you know, he's also one of the standout young personalities of the sport. Very, very good driver as well, and probably got his opportunity in the main game in V8 supercars maybe a little bit too early on in his career and I think since then he's very much matured as a driver with the time that he's done in the development series and the time that he's done in the endurance races and let's not forget too the time that he's done over in New Zealand in the Super Tours where he helps Greg Murphy win that championship this year so great to see that he's been rewarded with the main game drive. As for Alex Davison I know that it might sound like a harsh assessment, but I really think you would have to say now that his full-time V8 supercar career is over because he's had three chances. He drove Perkins Motors for him, the Autobahn Commodore, back in 2005. He was mostly running around at the back of the field. A lot of people said, oh, yeah, maybe the equipment wasn't up to scratch. So then he got a second chance at Stone Brothers. Um, he was better, but still not really consistently in the top ten as, as people expected that he should have been. And then, of course, this year he finished fourth out of the four FPR-prepared cars uh, in the Charlie Schwerkolt licence entry. So, unfortunately for Alex, I think it's back to maybe career Cup and uh, endurance drives in the V8 for him in the future. William? Well, it has been interesting to see how Alex has come on in the latter half of this year. I mean, that, the 18 car has been a lot higher up in the results across all sessions pretty much since Bathurst. And you've got to wonder whether that, how much of that's Alex knowing it's contract time, how much of it is perhaps him just finally clicking with the car. And don't forget, he also had a new engineer towards the back end of the season with Campbell Little, Little shifting across to DJR. So it is, it is a shame that Alex is out of that seat and it'll be interesting to see where he pops up. I'm sure he'd be a driver that would be in a bit of a, a bit of demand. You'd, you'd have to wonder whether FPR will hang on, will try and acquire his services as a co-driver if he can't land a main series drive. I mean, they know what he's capable of and there certainly seems to be a few openings at FPR for co-drivers next year. Mm, well, certainly the question mark's still over Steve Owen's future as, uh, as uh, he certainly a driver that, with a couple of main game seats left, people would be considering, I'm sure, Lockie. And I think what William was also alluding to there was the fact that Stephen Richards has been announced as Warren Luff's replacement as one of the co-drivers of Red Bull Racing Australia, which, um, if you remember back to the late 1990s, last time Stephen Richards won Bathurst in a Ford, which was in 1998 with Jason Bright, and then he changed to a Holden team the following year. He won again with Greg Murphy in 1999, so he'll be hoping that history repeats itself. Mm. Uh, I guess as we come towards the end of the year, the right thing, William, is to ask about what was your highlight? Now, I must also say I loved your Things You Won't See at an Awards ceremony, which you did for SpeedTV.com. That was a great read, and I'd recommend anyone to uh, go and look that up on the website. But uh, what about your highlights a bit more seriously? Thanks very much, Craig. Um, gee, uh, I reckon my highlight, hands down, I reckon a lot of people probably say the same, got to be the last 20 laps of Bathurst this year. That was just electric to watch. Um, just sitting, sitting in, the, um, in the media truck, watching the laps tick away, knowing that there was weather on the way, knowing that FPR had, ne of course, had never won Bathurst. Mark Winterbottom had never won Bathurst. 
And seeing that number one car of Jamie Wincup, the man who, of course, has done it all in our sport, just closing in, ranging in, edging, cutting away that gap lap by lap to be on his rear bumper and then making the move, heading into Griffin's bend on that last lap and Winterbottom standing up and saying, you know what? No, Jamie, this one's mine. And just holding firm and holding him off. That, that was just fantastic. And say nothing of the battle for third between Jason Brightgarth, Tander and Craig Lowndes. That was fantastic stuff too. You didn't know where to look for the last 20 laps of Bathurst. Mm, yes, it was an exciting race this year. What about you, Lockie? Um, well, I can't say that because uh, <laughs> Ford won Bathurst. So as a, um, as a loyal Holden Motorsport representative, I'm going to nominate Huntsville, actually, where we saw... Garth Tander and James Courtney scoring that one-two finish for HRT on the Sunday. And I know that uh, everybody will say, oh, yeah, that's Lockie talking up Holden. Well, being in the HRT garage and just seeing the emotions of everyone involved, the drivers, everybody in the team and everybody else behind the scenes, that uh, was HRT's first race victory since Bathurst in 2011, and it was a long time coming. So just the outpouring of emotion, the sheer... And also relief, I think, of everybody involved was, was a pretty special moment. Mm. And interesting, Lockie, and I'll, I'll put you on the spot here, with hey, a Walkinshaw performance going to four cars, it sort of bucks all the rumours and innuendo we heard about Walkinshaw, Walkinshaw performance trying to get out of the sport. Um, I think they'll be here for, for a little while. There's, there's no question about their commitment to the sport, that's for sure, and you know, the fact that they've gone for four cars, they've finally been able to give Nick Perkett the full-time opportunity that he deserves. So I think they'll be in for a strong year next year. Mm. Well, I won't ask you the next question, Lockie, but uh, William, personalities in the sport, well, we're going to get one back with Jack Perkins, but we are seeing a big one step away from V8 Supercars, and that's Russell Engel. Yeah, and that's an absolute shame. I mean, we've seen Russell show the form that he clearly still has at his fingertips sort of on a few occasions this year at the street races, which is he, as he honestly professes, he, he loves because he can just get up on the wheel and drag the car around and grab it by the scruff of the neck and do what he wants it to. And it is a shame that someone's so forthright and engaging and someone, someone, who, someone who harks back to, I guess, what many fans considered to be the good old days of V8 supercars now back in the 90s, late 90s, early 2000s, where there were so many characters of which the Enforcer was one, that that's a link that I guess won't be there this year, effectively, next year I should say, and leaving I guess Craig Lowndes as the last sort of representative of that, that era, and that that's quite a shame, but I'm sure we'll... I don't think any of us will be overly surprised if Russell pops up somewhere in a car next year. Mm. Yeah, he's, he certainly would like to be driving still, and uh, and he obviously believes he's uh, still got something to offer. Uh, I'm wondering if Volvo or uh, one of those teams might think he's got something to offer. Uh, Lockie? Oh, who knows? I mean, obviously, I'm not privy to any of those discussions, and... Um... As far as I'm concerned, I'm now eyes forward to 2014 and uh, very much looking forward to uh, Tim Slade coming into the Super Cheap Auto Racing car next year. Yes, and Tim Slade, of course, part two of our in-depth interview with Tim Slade. 
and uh, about his move to uh, Walkinshaw Performance is on the white flag lap this week. So uh, a great segue to that. Guys, is there anything uh, that perhaps we missed covering this year that you thought was uh, certainly noteworthy? Lockie, is there anything that you think slipped under the radar or is everything being covered so well these days? Yeah, I think probably the one last thing that I'd like to mention in summary for this season, which is more of a low light of the season, if you could call it that, is the very sad passing of the former Winton CEO, Mick Ronk, back in April. Um, and it was a lovely tribute to Mick at the Winton V8 supercar event, but um, I, I think a lot of people who didn't know him personally probably didn't realise or appreciate just how much he contributed to not just V8 supercars, but Australian in motorsport in general and particularly the grassroots levels of motorsport. So to lose him was a very big and very sad loss. And an interesting thing that doesn't get covered too often, Lockie, is he was he, he was certainly a guy that wasn't scared of taking on authority. He took on CAMS, and I think CAMS now is becoming a much better organisation because Mick Ronk was prepared to go out there and, and set up the AASA, I can't remember all the... I can't remember. AASA, the Australian yeah. Auto Sport Alliance, which was it was formed as an alternative to camps to basically give those grassroots club-level motorsport competitors a more affordable way just to get out there on the track and to have fun. Yeah, I, I certainly think that we've seen an improvement at CAMS because of the legacy of Mick setting up that organisation as well. What about you, William? What did we miss on uh, covering V8 supercars this year? Well, I'd say that um, just in reference to the last point about Mick Wrong, I know um, News Limited didn't have its usual journalist covering that particular V8 round, and I made sure to um, let the guy know who, who wasn't a journalist that normally covers V8s and didn't have any particular affiliation with the sport, I made sure to let him know and point out to him to make sure he followed up at some point about Mick Ronk and the memorial that was being held at the round to make sure that he got a bit of coverage because, as you boys say, he's made a valuable contribution to the sport. Uh, in, terms of, in terms of things that were missed, I think we pretty much got everything. E70 was... E70 was done largely to death, I feel. <laughs> I'm sure Rick Kelly feels the same way. Um, oh, that's got me. I th- I, actually, to be on a much lighter note, I think about the only thing that I felt was um, underplayed was the controversy surrounding one particular V8 supercar driver upsetting a whole load of Justin Bieber fans inadvertently by pointing out, by tweeting to the world that his partner was FaceTiming Justin when he was allegedly supposed to be on stage. Yes. Uh, and I can understand with the demographic of our media, with our media crew, why that got overlooked. <laughs> because I would say right now I'm speaking to two of the youngest journalists, uh, Tom Worsley and uh, probably Tom Worsley um, aside. Uh, I've probably got the two youngest of the team in here on the show with me tonight. Of course, yeah, I, thanks for that, Craig. <laughs> I, I, I've got a rough idea how old uh, Lockie is, but I've got no idea how old you are, William. But if I, of any consolation, I turned 28 years of age last week. Gee, you don't look it. Oh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, pleasure to have you on, on the show. Hope you have had a great Christmas and are settling down for a big Boxing Day test. Yeah, hopefully we can make it what 
the Boxing Day test and then 5 nil in the New Year's one. Yeah, we- nothing like Nothing quite like inflicting a bit of misery on the English cricket team, even though they seem to be doing a fair bit of it to themselves at the moment. So, fingers crossed, eh? The white flag lap is up next here on the V8 Insiders. To ask a question of the V8 Insiders, just email them at v8insiders at sportradio.com.au. Stay tuned for more. You've taken the V8 to the races. you watch the action on TV. Now, read about them in V8X Magazine. V8X Magazine, dedicated to just one thing, V8 Supercars. Showcasing some of today's best writers and award-winning photographers, V8X brings you all the news and in-depth interviews demanded by today's V8 Supercar fans in one action-packed magazine. V8X, the number one magazine in V8 Supercar coverage. Out now. Hi, I'm Jonathan Webb from Techno Autosports, and you're listening to V8 Insiders. On this week's White Flag Lab, brought to you by Munro Shock Absorbers, we continue the second part in our interview with Tim Slade. You and the dude seem to have a, a special connection, and you just seem to click very well together. Are you still friends with Paul? Yeah, yeah. I mean, we're not um, we're not best buddies or anything like that. Like you know, we don't hang out with each other on on the weekends. Um, you know, we've got got nothing, nothing. Uh, yeah, I'd, I'd say. There's there's nothing there that that's ever hurt our friendship, um, but yeah, I mean Paul, I guess he was sort of uh, you know he's definitely a uh, a unique character. He's 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 different, but you know he's he's straight up and down, which is which is good. And you know if you do a shit job, he'll tell you you've done a shit job, and if you've done a good job, then he'll tell you you've done a good job. And I guess that's the way. I like relationships to be um, just open and um, and not not sort of beat around the bush. Um, yeah, I obviously knew he was fast, and as a person, he's a he's a top guy, and so is James. So um, you know, to run him was good. And the biggest disappointment with me is we we couldn't go on with it. You know, it was um, you know, the sponsors that we had wanted a, a name driver, and uh, they weren't prepared to, to to invest. So it was. It was, a, it was a terrible situation to, to put all that work in and lay that foundation and, and have him go. But um, and what he's done and what he, and where he's gone with it, it uh, no doubt he's, he was going to make it. And did you feel it helped what you are now as a driver? Oh, I only spent you know the first year there, and it was um, the whole year was a massive learning curve. So um, yeah, I mean I, I learned a lot that year. I've learned. A lot the last, you know, every, every year I've been in the category, and I don't think you ever stop learning. We had a rough start, and, uh, you know, we had an engineer in his car, and we were tearing gear, gear up left, right, and centre, and, and um, we just had a meeting and said, We're not ready to race yet. We need to just get a foundation down and, and, and get it through, and, um, and that's what we did. We had a great year together. We went and drove at Bathurst together, and still uh, Tim's best result. So uh, you know we had a goofy plan there as well. He only did one stint in the middle of the race, just uh, and he did all the practice, all the laps, and I hardly did any. Any so uh, you know it was a good year, and we both believed in each other. And you know we towards the end of the year it was showing heaps of promise. So uh, it was it was good fun. The move to Stone Brothers. What was the what was the main reason behind that? James bought a license, and he wanted to put the team somewhere else, and that was purely the reason for the move. Nah, um, 
well, I guess um, you know I, I would have liked to have stayed on at, at PMM and um, well from what, what Paul says he sort of wanted that to happen as well I guess we started to show some um, decent pace and get some half decent results towards the end of that first year in 2009 um, but super cheap basically wanted to go back to a single car and then I think uh, the the major sponsor of the, the second car was Castro and they wanted uh, a name driver as opposed to someone like myself and, and so basically there, was, there wasn't a seat there for me the next year. Yeah, so we had the Castro sponsorship and and uh, look, I even had Roland Dane come down with me and and try and you know pitch it, but you know they wanted uh, they they wanted a name driver and and uh, at that stage Tim wasn't one, so uh, <laughs> it proved out to be be the wrong decision by them. I can't really remember how it sort of all played out. I think James was interested in buying a license, and um, obviously with with our connection, um, we sort of put his licence and myself together and, and sort of found a team to um, place it, basically, and SBR, um, you know, we spoke to, a, spoke to a few teams and SBR um, had a uh, had a spot available, basically, with um, with Bridie having run there that year but, but moving on um, with his with his licence um, and, you know, is uh, is I guess pretty um, pretty good opportunity to to be uh, well, be connected. Well, what's the right word? Um, connected to a bigger, bigger. Yeah, yeah. Well, be be a part of of a uh, of a race team to the caliber of of SBR. Obviously, as you become a higher profile driver, as you get further and further away from your roots. You also get further and further away from sweeping the floors and welding bits on cars too. So as you develop as a driver, your involvement in the shop also changes. Are you comfortable with how you have to morph yourself away from perhaps some of the basics that were the intrinsic part of who you were as, a, as an up-and-coming driver? Yeah, like that first year at, uh, at Paul's, I, um, like I worked in the workshop um, and then... Sort of going into the into the following year at SBR, like Ross and Jimmy don't like drivers working on cars, so um, I guess that's sort of where I started to pull away from that. Um, you know, it doesn't doesn't really bother me. I do. I still today enjoy you know working on on race cars, um, and uh, I guess because it's what I've done for for such a long time. Um, you know, it. it didn't bother me that, that I couldn't do it um, and I think you sort of get to a point in this game where you, it's probably good to, to separate the two a little bit anyway, driving um, you know, and more so just, just concentrate on that side of things The team now has changed to Erebus Motorsport, can you talk about what that change has been like? Uh, well there hasn't actually been that many differences, it's basically just obviously the name um, the team owners, um, and in saying that, you know the the previous team owner in well one of the team owners in Ross is, is still there, um, and still has um, a lot to do with um, everything day to day. But obviously on the um, on the, on the car front, a lot a lot has changed. 
um, you know, not only for everyone with Car of the Future, but uh, we've changed um, manufacturers or change make of car. I should I should probably say. Um, but you know, it's not. I guess the the, the biggest thing of all that is um, is it's probably I guess just because the whole project come together so late. Um, and that, that's why it was, um, I guess, we probably started the year a bit behind the eight ball because we didn't have as much time to, to put together the new cars as, as everyone else. But, um, you know, everyone thinks, you know, it's a, it's a completely new car. Well, it is, obviously, but it's a new car for everyone this year. And it wouldn't matter if we were running a Ford, Holden, Mercedes or Nissan. Apart from the motor the car you know the suspension and the geometry and the setup would still be the same no matter what brand of car it was because that's the way our team does it and that's the way you know every other team does it so it's it's not you know it's not as big a change as as what some people think um i don't think a lot of people really understand the the whole concept of it um you know the, the biggest change for us has been the motor and um and that's been the biggest area that we've lacked in this year and um, you know it's been the biggest area that we've improved, and and um, and that's what's helped our race results in the in the recent races. Mentally, last year you're the best of the rest. There's four cars that win all year, and you finish fifth in the championship. You go into the off season knowing that there's a huge upheaval. There's a new car, but also what your the, your new car only started development six, eight, twelve months after everyone else's did. How do you set yourself up for that year ahead when you know that you're going to be playing catch-up? Um, to be honest, I was actually really excited at the end of last year. Um, heading into this year, I thought... Um, I didn't actually think that we'd be as far off as, as what we were. I just thought with everything that we had, you know, the existing structure at SBR plus having extra resources from um, from AMG and HWA in, in Germany that um, that we probably should have been better than, than what we were last year. So, yeah, it was a massive shock. Um, started this year to be um, to be as far off as, as what we were, but, you know, that was pretty evident that it was one main area. Um, and as I said, as we've improved that area, our results have, um, have improved as well. But, um, yeah, we're, we're sort of um, somewhere close to it at the moment. And I wouldn't say it's, it's still just one main area. It's, it's just, you know, uh, lots, of, lots of little areas that, that we need to improve on at the moment. But, yeah, so I guess back to the original question. Um, yeah, I guess I wasn't prepared for, mentally prepared for, for what we've been through so far this year. Has this been the, the toughest year then? Because you had an expectation and it's not been there or it's not been in your hands to fulfil is really what the difference is. Yeah, for sure. I guess as a, a young guy coming into this category, since I've started in 2009, we've improved every single year and we had a really strong year last year. So, um, yeah, I, I guess... It's tough any time when you're not getting results, um, but when you come off, um, you know, some good momentum 
it probably makes it even tougher. And when you're not expecting it, it, it makes it tougher again. So, yeah, for sure, it has been by far like toughest year to deal with probably out of my whole career, um, you know, particularly in the, in the first four or five races. Um, and it wasn't really until Darwin, which we actually really started learning um, about the car and, 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 uh, and moving forwards, or started to move forward, should I say. On the other hand, it opened up some opportunities. The 12 hour, and obviously, uh, you're looking at sports car racing with a whole new light. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I completely separate to, to this whole deal. I did the 12 hour with Erebus last year, and, um, and again this year. Um, so, for sure, you know, being involved with a, a V8 supercar team that has a, um, you know, a GT sports car program is. Um, is uh, I guess an, an added bonus, and you know something that's always been something that uh, I've been very interested in. In is doing, um, you know, like I said, I would have loved to have gone over to Europe from a young age. So um, you know, V8 Supercars is still the number one ultimate goal. Um, still haven't won a race yet. That's that's the biggest biggest goal to to tick off. And and obviously we're all out here to 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 win the championship as well. So you know winning races and, and the championship and, and until I've done that um, you know I'm not I'm not thinking about anything else but on the side I'm a well not on the side I'm, I'm a racing car driver and you know all we want to do is uh, is is go racing so any other opportunities that, that exist outside of the V8 Supercar Championship um, you know I'll, I'll take with both hands and um, one thing that is very appealing to me is is sports car racing um, in the in the long distance, you know, endurance events overseas or and here in Australia, Bathurst. Linking up again with Super Cheap Auto, it's sort of, in some respects, a bit of a homecoming. At the same time, it was disappointing to have to leave them in the first place. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, you know, they're uh, they're a, a great uh, a great asset to the sport, um, and you know, I, I enjoyed you know my first year. Uh, with them and yeah I would have liked to have continued on um you know from everything from that first year but you know that wasn't to be and you know I, I went on to do um to do some good things and 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 learn lots and and achieve some great results you know where I'm at currently or or SBR so um you know I guess everything sort of happens for a reason um and you know I've, I've sort of made some great friendships from that sort of first initial uh, link up and you know people that I'm still great friends with today and um, we'll just watch it back there and you know that's uh, that's all pretty exciting uh, that side of things for for me as well to be um, to be linking in with a with a with a company like Super Cheap Auto. You're replacing Russell Engel, a former teammate of yours, but he created that persona of the the pantomime villain. And he's sort of the last pantomime villain we've got in the series. Is there any expectation on you to be the new enforcer or to have a, you know, to try and exaggerate your own persona? No, none, none sort of whatsoever. Um, I think, I don't really think there's been much enforcing of late anyway. I think that was sort of, you know, back back a few years now. Um, but no, there's, there's no expectation on that front. Um, but, you know, obviously there's a... a 
a big role to fill with with super cheap which um, I guess yeah sort of I don't know what Russell's plans are for next year whether he's going to stay on you know as an ambassador or whether he's going to move on and do something else so um, yeah for sure when you when you join a um, you know a sponsor like them there's um, you know there, there's a bit of expectation to to fill your relationship with James Rosenberg has been a, a very long one yep. it changes its it changes its role uh, changes its uh, dynamic yeah, I guess yeah. yeah 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 for sure um, and then that's that something else too that I would have loved to continue my relationship with James because he's been a, a massive part of, of my career and getting me to where I am today um, but you know he's always said that you know I've, I've got to do what's what's best for me but you know in saying that he was my number one priority throughout this whole process so I wasn't just going to well I understand that there's a big responsibility in owning a licence when you don't own a race team um, so you know, I wanted to to make sure that that, that he was sorted, um, and or and or confident of, of getting something sorted without me. Um, and you know, he sort of said to me, like I said before, you know, do what's best for you. He's he's sweet. So um, yeah, I mean, we're we're great mates, and and our families are, are good friends, and you know that'll still continue. And you know, I don't know. Hopefully, we can. Um, yeah, as well as the the friendship, hopefully we can I don't know maintain some sort of uh, you know racing sort of connection there too. That'd be nice. Oh well, I want to, want to see him win races. He's been very very close. Um, our partnership, as far as I'm concerned, will continue. We're in uh, in uh, negotiations now, um, and hopefully in the next two or three weeks we'll have a clearer picture where we're going. I speak to James quite often, and I can't really see that changing. And yeah, I mean we'll still be going to the races, and we'll still catch up, and and you know. Not, I mean, we, there'll still be that friendship there and there'll still be everything else, just not that, I guess, uh, business or, or racing connection. It won't be as close as, as what it, it is now. It lets it become more personal. We, we, don't, we don't have, like, it is totally separate now. Like, you know, James leases his licence to, to Erebus and I'm an employee of Erebus, so, like you know, there is no uh, business connection between myself and James other than the fact that I drive, you know, under under his licence, so... Um, yeah, I mean that's that's just a a nice thing to have because you know we've had such a long relationship and yeah it would have been great to continue but um, but yeah I mean we've got to got to move our move our different ways. That's all we have time for this week on the show. My thanks to Tim Slade there, of course, to William Dale and Lachlan Mansell, and of course also to Cole Hitchcock. Have a great Christmas. I hope you're enjoying it. I hope the Aussies are doing well in the cricket as well. But as the checker flag waves over another edition of the Bad Insiders, till next time around, keep smiling and bye for now. Join us next week for more V8 Insiders, only on v8x.com.au.